Hello and welcome back fellow riders on Bus Talk, a podcast about work-life issues which crowd our minds each day. Myth-busting into reality, Bus Talk shares stories, anecdotes, observations, some tips and tricks to better your work-life balance or lack thereof. Simply put, it's a straight talk to help you cope with various work-life situations without having to reinvent the wheel. And yes, there is a lot of traffic, so it does take time. We go slow, steady and at our own pace. If this is what piques your interest, you're on the right bus. So sit back, turn up the volume and enjoy the ride. I'm your host GB and you're listening to Bus Talk. In today's ride, we must talk about the bulletin, workplace bullying and the ways to manage it. Now, here's the reference to context. A nasty boss, a politicking colleague, a difficult stakeholder are common occurrences across the corporate world. People continue to suffer outrage, write long articles, cry in, in the huddled room, and then go back to doing the same thing. They grin and bear it. As it turns out, practicality overrules the inner angst or rage. You learn to tone it down. So are we saying we remain quiet forever? Or do we stand up and ask questions? Corporate bullying has been is not new. has been around for longer than it really should. And by the look of it, it's not going away anytime soon. But as always, how do you get it out of the system where the system prides itself on hiring alpha superheroes, you know, alpha males or females mostly? The bold and the brash and subtle and you will crash, as they say. Such is the DNA of the system. Think of yourself as the aggrieved party, your narrative would, would be very different. How would you stand up if you are in the minority? How would you stand up and speak against the whole system? Do you have adequate platforms to do so? And if you don't do, then what happens? So let's explore in this episode. And while we may not have all the answers, the whole object of this episode is to make you aware the various types of bullying that exist around us, how people are mentally conditioned and behave or react in a particular fashion, and therefore try and figure out mechanisms to handle it and manage it and yet continue your career in a safe and sound way. That That's the objective. Many moons ago, when I was sitting at a restaurant, and I saw a commotion across the table. What had happened was this gentleman had ordered a particular dish and it did not turn out as what he had expected. So instead of either ordering something else or politely inquiring, he yelled out at the waiter who was standing across the aisle. Promptly, the entire restaurant turned around to look at this person and this person went on a spiteful, expletive-filled outrage at what he was served. When the restaurant manager came along, he explained to this person that 
they had delivered exactly what he had ordered. And he explained all the ingredients. What it turned out to be was that he'd ordered an exotic dish, imagining it to be something else. But when it was plated, it was not what he had thought about. This behavior, this attitude is very common across many, many places. And it's so it made me think, what could the waiter have done differently? What could, instead of just smiling, grinning and bearing it because they're of the service industry, is there no recourse for such instances or situations? This person promptly made a lot of noise, created a lot of hangama and walked out of the restaurant without paying a single dime. And it was a fine dining restaurant at that. So it was a very expensive dish. So these events made me think of the stereotypical conditioning that we have in our society when it comes to bullying. This is a form of bullying. So in this episode, we'll cover a little bit about workplace bullying and the types of bullying that we face at work. Now, before we dive into workplace bullying, let us try to understand the broad categories of bullying in general. So upfront is the physical bullying, which is perhaps a rare occurrence at the workplace, but in general, physical bullying is brushing, shoving, uh, pushing, uh, hustling, if you will, often seen in, in schools, that is the typical kind of physical bullying. The more prevalent and common bullying is the verbal bullying, in which there's a verbal tirade against another person and at all levels of management, right? So there is a different type of bullying that happens there. And then there is the social bullying. There are a lot of social norms uh, people exert on the other person without really considering what they might feel. So broadly, and then there are multiple subsets to this. There could be sexual bullying, relational bullying. There could be cyber bullying, multiple ways. But broadly, these are the two or three types of bullying that are prevalent today in our society. You know, there are always three sides to a story, your story, my story, and the real story. So in sensitive and difficult topics like bullying, this holds extremely true. The aggrieved party, the guilty party, and the actual incident often don't correlate. And so it's very important to understand the facts of the case before the anecdotal aspect of it. Now, there are two types of people who bully in general, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 are those who do it out of sheer ignorance. They are entitled. They They come from an environment where they are conditioned to behave in a specific way and they are so used to doing it that they do not see it any other way. So they're often surprised that, oh, is this bullying? Because I was just being assertive with that person. And and they're shocked and surprised. But the other dangerous ones are those who perfectly know what they are doing, who do it by design, with full knowledge of the impact it has on the people. They take advantage of the power that they have, the position that they hold, 
and inflict mental agony on the person simply because that person will not and might not react or retaliate. And therefore, they know that they can get away with almost anything they say to this person. Now, let's jump right into the regular workplace bullying situations. Number one, the most common one is the boss to a colleague, boss to a subordinate or a team member. Oftentimes, this is the most prevalent one. You have a nasty boss, for example, and they often cross the line of being assertive and use harsh words to criticize a performance or to chide or to bring the team member, the colleague, fall in line. You know, so the story, like I said at the start, it's your story, my story, and the real story. So how do you know which is the truth? So very important in such instances, document it. Document all conversations, and I'm speaking from the aggrieved party standpoint. Document it, acknowledge it, and report it. Acknowledge it to yourself. I'm not saying you need to acknowledge it in, to the person. A lot of people are often in denial that what they don't realize that they are being subjected to a bullying experience. They think they are just being disciplined. Now, it's a thin line between being chided, admonished, and bullying somebody. So it's important for you to understand what is an exception and what is a trend. Exception being a one-off activity, which you can perhaps give a benefit of doubt, depending on the intensity of the activity, of course. And if it is a trend, then you've got to have a stop-press moment. Why? Because the more you let it fester the more it builds and snowballs into something much larger and who knows it even might impact your future career it dents your confidence so take recourse talk to people you trust within the organization whether it's your hr business partner whether it is your friend whether it is somebody your mentor somebody outside whoever don't keep it to yourself now if you're a boss you're of course trying to manage a team, you want to ensure that there's performance, you have low tolerance for nonsense or incompetence. So you have to also be very careful. How do you administer the message? What is acceptable to you may may not be acceptable to them. So what's the best way forward? In your one-on-ones, sit down and assess the person. Broadly, number one, is the person an extrovert or an introvert? What is the degree of tolerance they have? Now, these are tricky conversations. I don't mean to say that if somebody has higher tolerance, then you can push the person harder. Not saying that. I'm saying is it's important that you as a manager understand who are more sensitive to criticism. So can you therefore present an area of improvement rather than presenting it as a failure? You know, the classic example is, well, you really did poorly here. It's one way of saying it. The other way of saying it is, well, is there a way you could have done this better? So be sensitive about that because the person who is reporting to you 
has perhaps not the same level of exposure to life that you have, to management, to work life, if you will. And so it's your job to apprise them, to, to nurture their talent and bring out the strengths instead of downright blowing your top off, as it were, or losing it uh, by way of either using expletives or uh, swear words or what have you. As a manager, you don't need to come across this larger-than-life character who is unapproachable and always believes in doers directed. Right? You have to be reasonably approachable so that people can open up and share what's work, what's working for them and what's not working for them. Likewise, at the other end of the uh, spectrum, on the other side of the table, if you are the party who's getting yelled at, for something that you know that you have done correctly and it's not your fault and bear in mind there's a big asterisk there do double check check your facts if you're on the right then don't fear anybody don't fear losing a job why because if you're a good player you will always be a good player a good player will never become a bad player overnight so if you got hired here you will also get hired there or somewhere else so don't fear that you will lose the opportunity if that's the threat that looms large um, if you bring up the issue. But may, be very sure, don't let your emotions cloud the facts of the case. So document it, observe it, escalate it. Right? So that's the most common type of bullying that happens. The slightly uncommon part of bullying, and perhaps this requires a separate episode, is that when a few team members gang up together or join hands together to bully a manager, in most cases, say a manager who's just joined or a new manager, and they have still, you know, tied to the umbilical cord of the previous manager who's perhaps moved into a different department, that also constitutes bullying. Yes, it is less consequential in some sense, but it still is bullying. As team members, as much as you know, you were attached to your previous team leader, manager, whoever, it is professional on your part to give space to the incumbent or the new manager to win over your trust. You have to approach him or her with an open mind instead of ganging up and drawing comparisons and oh that person did this but this person is not doing that and try and understand the new style of business just like you are different from your peer your new manager will certainly be different from your previous manager so don't hold up that wall in front of you saying that well it's either going to be the manager i like or nobody at all so this is, like I said, uh, still a rarer occasion, but it still happens. The third type is the stakeholder bullying. Oftentimes, these stakeholders are at a position of power, influence, consequence, and they have a certain way of functioning. And if you don't comply, don't fall in line, then they don't have the patience to listen to you. They don't have the patience to reason with you. and. Uh, you can perhaps argue that, and I'm just 
playing the devil's advocate. They have a larger scope of the business. They're at a position where they have to see, for example, a global business unit, whereas what you are managing is a local business unit. So the scope of work is much bigger and larger and therefore by design much more complex. And so oftentimes they will not have the attention span that ought to be there uh, to explain themselves. The flip side is that it is the job of a manager, not no matter how high up the chain they are, to spend time, to make time for their uh, juniors or their uh, uh, colleagues who are at who report to them. And so you have to make time despite your busy schedule. It's the prerequisite of good time management skills for a leader. It's a prerequisite. Therefore, give the time and space to understand their leadership ability. Their, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to say? Oftentimes, at a leadership level, you hire diversity of talent, not just in gender, but in thought. A person coming on board with a very fresh idea, you don't want to go ahead and kill that idea saying, well, this is not how it works here. You are not so our company-like. You are still you know, X company-like or Y company-like. That's not maturity. The maturity is where you extract the strength, energy, positivity that the new person brings in and mold it into making your existing business better. You know, isn't that the reason why you hired somebody to run the team because you thought that this person displayed the right skill sets, right attitude, right knowledge. But once on board, you want to put them in a box and want to for them to behave, act and react in a particular way that suits you well. So it's very important for stakeholders to manage their business without coming across as a bully, without coming across as overbearing to the to their teams. Then there is the peer bullying. You know, when there are two peers uh, reporting into a single manager, oftentimes the peer who has been more tenured in the system or is perhaps comes with a slightly different or varied experience, tends to exert their presence as and present them their point of view as the ultimate truth. And they will go out of their way to ridicule the other person so that their work can be ha- highlighted and appreciated as, as much or better. In fact, some people bully to the extent where they can even kill another business to ensure that their business succeed or they get their way. They're often thought processes, it's either my way or the highway. That's how they're conditioned. They are supremely convinced that it's the right way to go forward. And they refuse to take any other suggestion. So call them thick-headed, call them bull-headed, what have you. But such people do exist. And on the other side, when you are at the receiving end of a peer pressure, as it were, what do you do? You go to a mentor, you talk to a mentor, find yourself a confidant at a senior management level. 
mind you some problems you've got to deal with yourself solve yourself and some problems you can escalate when it's becoming unfair and then for you have to trust the leadership to intervene and solve this if what you are do, trying to do is the right thing to do for the business and what the other person is doing is unfair and not just unfair according to you but unfair by logic definition data now yes there are lots of battles that get lost between such data exchanges because you present a data somebody else will also present a uh, data so this counter action often times results in a loss of productivity so at all times bear in mind pick the right battles to fight if you're getting bullied in the process escalate document escalate and report don't hold back even if it is your peer in the same team then there is the social bullying social bullying comes in various subcategories number one is groupism often times you see that a particular manager has his fiefdom you know it's their as it were as kingdom and so people fall in line and say oh he's he or she is the undisputed boss so fall in line and they become a group and for those people who don't fall in line they're automatically ostracized ridiculed or made fun of that too is a form of bullying and so what do you do start creating your own group that's not a solution why because then what if your group becomes uh, or gets into a situation uh, what you were criticizing in the first place right that you also become another type of group so the point is to promote collaboration the point is to try and understand a little bit of their point of view and express a little of your point of view part of it is and yes it is complex i'm not saying it's not, it's a walk in the park it is complex but the effort that you can try and do is to have a heart to heart conversation have a one on one and explain your stance of why you are the way you are give it the benefit of doubt first time around if it still doesn't work if you still think that you know you're not being included you're uh, being kept out discuss with your mentor discuss with your uh, set of people who you trust and learn to coexist idea is not to if you present this problem to your manager they are going to say what you're asking me to get rid of this person i can't do that because they are doing what they needed to do so culturally this cultural balance is not a you know single pill solution one will need to keep working at it over time you have to gain the trust of your manager of his peer or her peer and then then bring about a change slowly by way of giving examples how a particular groupism is harming productivity for the business right it's a it's a long battle so pick your battles wisely the other type of social bullying is when people tend to hire people from their own states so if you're from karnataka then you will hire more kannadigas if you're from maharashtra you hire more marathis if you're from bengal then you hire more bengalis and so on and so forth people tend to attract similar uh, similar people who come from familiar backgrounds speak the language and therefore 
for example, when there are three Bengalis speaking and then there is a Gujarati person comes in into the team, he or she's almost alienated. You know, he just fails to break in. So the overarching truth is, at the end of the day, just like it's one country, we are all Indians before being Bengalis or Kanadigas or Maharashtrians or uh, Punjabis. We are all Indians. Likewise, the same logic holds true for the company. You are part of one company. Could come from varied backgrounds, different backgrounds, but you're still working for one company. So it's important to reiterate that to your uh, stakeholders, to your people who you trust within the organization and ensure that there is collaboration and not just trying to have a particular type of people be hired in the team. Another form of bullying that I notice is when people make fun of those people who do not speak English as well as they do. Now, super communication skills does not mean the ability to speak English. It means that you can press 50 thoughts into five and present it simply so that the other person understands it. So I often come across people ridiculing some people who have a mother tongue influence or a regional influence in their language or make grammatical errors in their uh, written or verbal communication. Now, if you're being an interpreter, if you are a translator, or if you are engaging in a job which requires precise communication skills, then absolutely it is important to speak neutral English. However, if you are in a job where your core competency lies elsewhere, think of, say, if you are a coder and you need to code a software application, for example, does it really matter whether you can speak grammatically correct? Answer is no. So don't mix someone's competency with their ability to speak English. Like the president of France can't speak English as fluently, or for that matter, president of Russia can't uh, speak English as fluently, and they're perfectly fine. In fact, I feel proud that when Prime Minister Modi goes and addresses the United Nations and speaks in Hindi, it's perfectly fine. So why would that be a problem if uh, at your workplace, if someone does not speak as well as you do? Uh, they are here because they've they've been found competent to the job that is required for them to do. So be respectful and don't bully them. Finally, the most sensitive ones are the gender bullying. You know, often we see the the ladies in the group get you know. And the numbers are uneven, right? Usually in a 10-member team, there'll be, say, two or three women at best, and six or seven will be uh, the male counterparts. This is another form of groupism. They don't mix each with each other. Uh, and when they do, they don't know the right ways of uh, mixing and draw the line and of course i'm generalizing it's not true for all enterprises all companies but by and large this kind of bullying also happens where you socially distance uh, 
uh, say the ladies and don't include them a common occurrence is, is when say you know the boys suddenly step out for dinner or lunch uh, completely ignoring the fact that uh, there are other uh, lady colleagues uh, who, who should be included now they may refuse to come that's totally different but it is polite to inquire to ask about would they accompany them or not so these are the typical types of social bullying that happen at workplace last but not the least is the client vendor bullying and this is the rather unfortunate uh, one which has very little solution as it were and what i mean by this is you have a client and you have a vendor the moment they engage in a contract the client staff or the parent company staff often tend to believe and think that the vendor company is their property they treat them as low life if you will for lack of a better expression they treat them uh, and they take badly and then they take them for granted they uh, don't follow much of discipline and they go on and uh, exert their presence in their offices this is very unfortunate where the service provider is obligated to fulfill the wishes of the parent company what is important to note here is that they are obligated to fulfill what is there in the contract and nothing else over and above that unfortunately it's not even sometimes the leaders of these two organizations but the people below them who interact on a regular basis who uh, engage in activities on a day to day business functioning where all the challenges happen and so the parent company staff misbehave uh, or you know swear at them or even mistreat them in reviews in various uh, assessments and so on and so forth knowing well that they cannot retaliate back and the reason they don't retaliate back is because the contract is at stake these guys often threaten that if you don't listen to me then i will withdraw the contract i'll stall it i will not renew it what have you there's always that threat looming large and they also know that if for example they did take a stance on this one what is the guarantee that the next vendor will not be uh, sorry the next customer will not be the same It could be another bully uh, lying in wait there's no getting away from this this is the classic uh, problem that the service industry or the service provider faces in india is like when you pay you almost think of yourself as god's gift to human kind and therefore everybody else should listen to you just like you know i explained about the restaurant experience at the top of the conversation it's like if you're paying then nobody asks you any questions that's not how it works that's downright bullying and so friends there are many many such instances and topics which uh can't possibly cover in this episode but long story short it's incredibly difficult for people who are not in a position of power significance or consequence to go by their daily routines without getting bullied you if you are in a position of such significance don't make it any more difficult 
than what the situation really is. Make it easier. Promote a collaborative, safe environment instead of a hostile environment where they are cursing you or you are cursing them and then, you know, fights break out or accusations and finger pointing breaks out. It serves no purpose. So think carefully, think about how you will manage the situation well, be objective about it. Likewise, the people who get bullied in various ways that I mentioned in so far, don't think that you are alone. Don't keep it to yourself and brood about it and cry in a corner and resign to your fate that nothing can be done. It's not the case. There is help available just so that you know that there are laws, that there are cyber laws which which can report any kind of misbehavior that happens online. Likewise, if there is physical bullying or verbal bullying that's happening at workplace, there are enough checks and balances that you can explore. All I ask is be clear, be concise and be factual about the experience instead of you know painting it in, in any other way no matter how intensely you feel about it and it is very difficult and and so make yourself mentally strong and mentally strong you can become by separating the role from the identity you are paid to do a job and that's the role you execute. It's not the person that you are. They are two different things. So don't get upset because it's a 30-year career. And this is not the last time anybody will experience bullying. It will come in various intensities, shape, size, or form. But you should be strong enough. In conclusion, I just advise two things. One, read this book called The No Asshole Rule by a professor called Robert Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. And he wrote this beautiful book citing the bullies that are there at workplace. He calculated the cost of assholes in a company and how it costs the company productivity. It gives a very thoughtful insight. The second thing I'd like to remind you of is the message that the air hostess gives you on your flight and it takes off. It says, in case, she says, in, in the event of an emergency, ensure that you put on the safety mask yourself. Protect yourself before you protect anybody else. If you protect yourself, you become strong enough to not only save yourself, but save other people as well. Much like in life, ensure that you save yourself first, be mentally strong, and then ensure that the people around you are strong as well. Well, that's all for now. I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook or Twitter and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle 
hashtag #gyanban spelled as g y a n b a n one word or email me on gyanban at gmail dot com again spelled as g y a n b a n n. Be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming up for you. Till we meet again, stay safe, be well, and bring your A game to work. Ciao. Thank you.